Well, everybody said about the bird. Grown men watch this shit. A podcast about indie wrestling. Hey yo. Hey. What's going on, buddy? Hey. I think that we should do the first uh, ASMR wrestling podcast. That, uh, that that sounds great, but I don't know what that is. What is that? Uh, ASMR is like an audio sensory meridian response. It's like that little tingle that you get on your arms or your neck when a sound just hits you just perfectly. <laughs> People actually do. There's all sorts of ASMR videos where people like will read books or is it like to help people sleep? Is that the kind of thing we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, kind of supposed to relax people. Right. I, I can't hear you. <laughs> I've lost you. You're gone. Can you hear me now, sir? Yes, yes, that's that's better. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to be so silly. I just. I just thought of it. So how's so it going, man? It's, you, been, it's you, been too long. You do not need to apologize for being silly on this podcast. This oh, is yeah. the, the very podcast for that. Uh, the the little podcast that that, that could, I'd say, uh, known it as... Grown men watch this shit. Yep. Still mm-hmm. can. Still chugging. Dude. Speaking of chugging, I'm enjoying for the very first time a uh, hard seltzer because I'm off the the beer because it gives me the gout. Right. Um, enjoying a hard seltzer. Well, as long feel... as you're you're gonna tell me it's not uh, the hard seltzer. Uh, I did the... not get the white. Okay. All right. Good. 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 Um, it's true. It's, essentially, it's the same thing. So, Chris, it's not really. Honestly, it's it's adjacent. It's white claw adjacent, <laughs> black claw. Uh, no, it's truly, and it's actually. I've heard like PBR not... has even come out with a hard seltzer now. You know that? Oh, PBR! I'm, I'll have to try that one. That one sounds like something that's up my alley. I'm very hipster. You've mm-hmm. seen the beard. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> it's funny in my mind. PBR, great. Uh, on the other shelf, White Claw, not not acceptable in the least. I don't know why I have such distinction, but I do. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to get into the seltzer game much but i figured i'm doing two podcasts this evening might as well have myself a beverage look at you yeah i wanted to i wanted to talk about this so you are (laughs) basically the rob van dam in like was it 97 where you're on like raw ecw (laughs) and wcw you're on all the shows yeah what happened is derek uh some people may have heard us talk about our buddy Derek Montilla mm-hmm. uh, from the Steel Cage. He big fan of Derek. Had essentially all his guys, his team, kind of said, "Man, we don't watch wrestling enough. This is not necessarily a fun show anymore." And he didn't want to hang it up, so he said, "Hey, Uncle Beak, Jeremy, want to join me on this here show?" And I said, "You know what? No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I already do a podcast with Chris, and I'm busy, and some, we some, sometimes find it hard." To find time to even record the show. And he's like, understood. But uh, kind of, you don't have to do this with me. The steel cage goes away and I don't want that to happen. And I go, will you twist my arm, friend? So now I'm doing that show with him. And then my buddy, 
thought this cabin. was going to turn into a conversation of how he could sweeten the deal to get you on board. But you, you really no, he just, just said yes he him. straight up. He guilted me quite easily. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, more work. I don't want to. But I really thought about it, dude. I, I Mostly it's anxiety, the pressure about doing the shows that kills me. Uh, mm-hmm. Not necessarily not having enough free time because I have plenty of free time where I'm just dicking around on Twitter. Yeah. So I said, fucking do it. And then Kevin Pierce from KISW, mm-hmm. he was doing a show with my buddy Cody, and uh, Cody could no longer do the show. And they do it actually out of the Rock Studio. That's cool. Locally. And I fucking love rock. I Not necessarily rock and roll music, but the rock, the KSW brand. Mm-hmm. I love a really uh, awesome radio show on there. And to get to record a podcast in their studio was a big thrill. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. I mean, that's that's cool yeah. all around. You're basically just being a nice guy. You're you're picking up these podcasts from these these people that can't do it no more to to help your friends continue along. I, I think that's excellent. I think it's pretty cool too, but I also had to reassure everyone that, as you saw in my Facebook, I not do not want anyone to believe that my opinion on professional wrestling <laughs> is solid and the most important thing in my life, regardless of how much I spew it on three different podcasts. <laughs> now, let I don't me, take let myself me... nearly as serious as that might seem. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think anyone listening to this show thinks that you're, <laughs> a, you're a guy that takes every word as seriously as anything. Oh, dude. Somebody the other day. Oh, oh yeah, this day, is great. This is great. On fucking Reddit, somebody told me I am a big mark for myself. Right. Now, is this said... the person that you <laughs> later thought to find out that this is Jungle Boy's sister, or is this a separate occasion? No, this is a different occasion. <laughs> so that was a different. Like I just shared the picture, and somebody said it was Jungle Boy's sister, so I deleted it. But no, I was. I, it might have been when I posted that, but somebody did mention that he reposts things just to get over his Twitter account. I'm like, that is fucking ridiculous. They also made sure to say I'm very unoriginal, which I, you know what. Screw you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and they said, yeah, huge bark for myself. And I'm like, well, that might be true. But really, it's like a gimmick, man. I'm trying to be super pretend to be arrogant and funny and over the top because really, I'm incredibly depressed and crushing my soul every day. I pop for the, the accusation that, you know, you're just saying stuff on Twitter to get yourself over and to get attention. And I'm like... <laughs> That, that's like the equivalent of I heard Jerry Lawler come out saying this past week that, well, AEW is just, just using this Memphis uh, wrestling history uh, thing that they're doing this week to, to sell tickets and pop the crowd. It's like, isn't yeah. that the entire purpose of professional wrestling? And likewise, for your gimmick. To people. Yeah, yeah, isn't that the entire purpose of, of being on fucking Twitter, right? <laughs> Yeah, when they told me that it was all pretty gross, I was like, okay. <laughs> I hate to harp on it because it just—it was just so ridiculous. And I am, not to do my own, I am a nice guy, a positive member of the wrestling community. So yeah. it's lame when people take me as an arrogant jerk. But it's cause funny because nice because like you're you're saying, you know, people don't those people don't necessarily know you in person. So it's like I can see half the stuff that you post on Twitter, and then I like. I can like simmer it down and kind of separate it and know a bit more about what you might have meant by that because I know you. Whereas like other yeah. people are just going to take it at face value, you know. And sometimes that's, that's, that's the weird even thing. said. I might want to 
I might want to piss somebody off. Not necessarily piss them off. I'm not a troll, mm. but I can be aggressive with my opinions at times. You can pull some strings sometimes. Pull, pull yeah. on those heartstrings. Yep, yep. Hey, doggy. Yeah, I think uh, Courtney may be home. Maybe. Oh, welcome home. Yeah, well, uh, we'll, we'll keep our listeners posted to these developments. Enough but... about me. Sorry. No. How no. are you doing? Things are crazy down there, man. I. They are a here, bit crazy. Uh, are things calming down? How are things going? Oh, uh, they, they suck. Uh, so everyone probably knows Australia is like entirely on fire at the moment. Um, I'm fine. I'm up in Queensland. We just get some smoky days and we just have to be careful about when we walk the dogs. That, that's about the extent of how it uh, affects me. But yeah, there's a lot of people uh, who are really going through some shit and a uh, terrible uh, non-action government that uh, is not doing shit at all. So uh, you've probably seen a lot of fundraising shit uh, going around, which is very good. But, I mean, to me, the the biggest thing out of it, uh, far more than the people affected, uh, is the animals that have been affected. Yeah. Um, so, like, I, I read something today, like, apparently, like, a fucking billion animals have, have likely died as a result of this. And then you have just, like, cunts on Twitter who are, like, saying whenever people share, like, these, these really great um, animal uh, charities uh, in, in this time, like the wildlife rescue, things like that, saying, oh, why would you donate to that? There are people in trouble. You should donate to people. Like that fucking cunt. And you probably have him, him blocked. Brad Shepard. Did you see any oh, of his thing fuck. on this? No. Uh, yeah, I definitely haven't blocked. I mean, like he's not just the biggest cunt in the world anyway, and like I could even lower my my um, opinion of opinion him of anymore, him? Yeah. but <laughs> he managed to do it. Fucking hell, man. That annoyed the shit out what of a... me. Good Lord. Yeah. Lord. But, I mean, we get that uh, same opinion in just, like, the general public in Australia, and it uh, annoys me to fucking tears. Uh, it's such bullshit, the fact that people are thinking we can't uh, help animals because somehow yeah, people are more important. You know, it's fucked up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think that kind of stuff's just been bugging me uh, more. Um, but, yeah, just trying to... Uh, work out you know there's a lot of great charities out there to to donate to um i'll probably share one on the page if anyone wants to reach out one of the better ones going today is it's called uh wires uh it's wildlife rescue uh, they're doing a lot of great stuff in um, new south wales at the moment um yeah it's a good one that you're picking a vetted one because sometimes you know people will jump on these bandwagons it's tricky. and try to take advantage yeah, yeah a lot of people that exploit that shit so yeah, um, yeah, it's been tough, uh, mainly for the the animals, uh, I would say. But um, yeah, hopefully, uh, with enough support, uh, things can get better. Um, but I think it's just a big sign of the bigger picture of uh, the you know global warning and global warming. Not that fucking WWE it's the event warning of the warming. WWE event from 2002 in Melbourne. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Picturing the three-way between Triple H, The Rock, and Brock Lesnar that I was at. Uh, (laughs) But no, it's, um, you know, Australia, you guys might not know, is incredibly fucking behind uh, when it comes to um, any active activity whatsoever uh, with regard to... um, climate change uh, and actually making progressive steps on it. We're still like, I think the world's biggest coal exporter. So, so backwards just blows my oh, mind. Lord. Yeah. <laughs> and Clean then, coal, the yeah. coal, 
<laughs> and yeah, the parties in charge of it have no plan. I mean, the, the two major parties in Australia really have no plans at all to um to to step back from that. So, but anyway, people don't listen to this to be a political podcast. But safe to say, a lot of bad shit going on over here. So if you can uh, help, uh, especially when it comes to the wildlife, uh, there are a lot of animals that would be very very grateful. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been pretty crazy. Um, my uh, one of my main jobs um, outside of uh, all of the cash that I make from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute! You've been taking all of that money, sir. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! I was meant to keep that a secret. Oh no. <laughs> um, but yeah, outside of of uh, that and the the art and illustration stuff I do. Um, I basically do uh, marketing and, and design um, for a, a company that actually specializes in air treatment, uh, air purifiers or air filters, I think, as you guys call them over there. Uh, so as you can imagine, that has just been fucking insane uh, in terms of the amount of those and the, the demand for people who are just like uh, not able to breathe because of all the smoke. So it's oh, for sure. just been incredibly busy. But yeah, uh, enough about uh, about me. I, th- I think people want to hear about the wrestling. Fuck yeah! Yeah. So this week we we actually had a bit of a back and forth. I'm like, what the fuck are we going to talk about, right? <laughs> yeah, <quite real. laughs> because like, a lot of stuff has happened. There's been a lot mm-hmm. of shows, yep. news that isn't necessarily great to talk about. Yep. So pretty much all that I've been watching for the last like three weeks has just been catching up on New Japan and then the big Wrestle Kingdom weekend. So I've just been in such like a fucking New Japan bubble. And people may know there's actually a New Japan podcast on this uh, great social suplex podcast network. So it probably wouldn't uh, be ideal yeah. for us to just talk about that the whole time. So no. uh, we were in a bit of a... Uh, 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 stuck a in quandary. a quandary. A quandary. That's a better way of putting it. About yeah. just what we would talk about today. Um, but... Uh, you know what? We settled on something, a couple of things, but uh, I just thought you know, we hadn't done a year in review show. <laughs> I'm not prepared for this at all. <laughs> have, you got the, have you got the page open? Yeah, let me pull it up. The Wikipedia <laughs> list of events. <laughs> We're very prepared on this show. Uh, because uh, uh, lots, of it, lots of crazy stuff has actually gone down overall and... You know, one of the big things that I've noticed through this year as far as a year in review is mm. lots of new companies, you know, yes. investing themselves and getting on either TV or some streaming service and, you know, actually putting out some great product from beyond. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the one that we're watching now, uh, we watched some MLW. Mm. Yes. Um, yeah, a lot of changes. Like, I was trying to think back. Because our listeners may know that uh, we're, we're probably quite alike, you and me, Jeremy, in terms of uh, us being easily distracted, uh, not having the greatest memory, uh, jumping all over the place. And, uh, you know, if something's not happen- happening right to us in this particular moment, chances are we have no fucking idea what, uh, what just happened. So it's great <laughs> that we have a, a list here to refer to. But I was going over this, this Wikipedia article list and I was like, Holy shit! There's a lot of significant stuff I completely forgot about that uh, is kind of worth like worthwhile talking about now, where you can look at it in perspective of how the whole year shook out. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, what you said about like all these things starting up. I mean, the the big big one, AEW. 
I would say. Um, But then both how they've gone through the year, uh, but even just their presence themselves, I think it's like had a big effect, far-reaching all over the, the professional wrestling world and especially in like independent wrestling and probably a negative one as well. What do you think about that? Oh, what do you mean by negative? What so, I think there are a lot of companies that were in a far stronger position prior to AEW that mm. are now struggling to uh, have to, to even like draw fans because there's just such a saturated market right now. And it's like that people, it's there. Uh, there's so many companies that are doing great stuff, but there's just no one, not as many people watching it uh, because. Uh, you know, people are preachers of um, watching what's talked about, I guess, what's getting publicity. And it seems to be, yeah, going to both the, you know, up uh, New York Territory Wrestling Monopoly and their subsidiaries. Uh, and then yes. also uh, this All Elite Wrestling. So then you've got your smaller companies like your MLWs, your ROHs. Uh, even like I, I reckon PWG has uh, has, has suffered significantly, uh, especially looking at their last show. They didn't sell that out. I can't remember the last PWG show that didn't sell out. Lot oh of, shit! A lot of companies that. struggling to draw right now, and I think is that because of the elephant in the room majorly that is uh, all elite wrestling. They're strong. I mean, it would definitely be a big influence on that. Uh, ROH's attendance has been crazy. Like people. You you watch the last show and said the actual in ring stuff was pretty great and yeah. the talent roster was is fucking stacked still it always mm-hmm. is for the most part but the attendance was just like abysmal and some people that actually were saying the attendance that the rest... was far better than what I was expecting but yeah I mean, uh, yeah yeah you hundred percent in the long run yeah and then people are <laughs> I heard some people that they could notice that the wrestlers themselves maybe even took notice were kind of miffed that the uh, people were, you know, very slim coming in. I don't yeah. know, man. I mean, AEW it's weird because, be I mean, like speaking about ROH, like you're saying, I in the lead up to Final Battle, because uh, like I myself, you know, you can only watch so much fucking wrestling. And I normally stay up to date with ROH, watch all their big shows and, and most of the significant stuff they do. But, you know, trying to catch up with Japanese wrestling. Uh, I, was, I was in Japan for a large bit of that. Um, and, and all of the other companies going, I did get a bit behind. And then I went back and, and watched like some of the last big pay-per-views, like Death Before Dishonor, um, the, the big, uh, I think it was Glory by Honor show that they had down in, um, in, in Miami, I believe, uh, in, in the lead-up and then, you know, Final Battle itself. And, like... These are some fucking awesome shows, man, except no one was talking about them. And the biggest one that I think got the biggest disservice was was Death Before Dishonor. Uh, that was the show where Roosh won the title from um, from uh, Mr. Matt Taven. And, like, seriously, that was, like, the best Roosh match I've ever seen when he's not wrestling L.A. Park. <laughs> and, and there was some <laughs> other incredible stuff on that show as well. Uh, all in all, and, and I think... Like, it's almost like the coolest thing about ROH now, you can tell the wrestlers are working extra hard because they want to be proven to everyone, hey, we not may not be getting the attention, but we can put on, like, still a fucking stellar in-ring performance. And, I mean, you look at their roster, and it, like you're saying, loaded as fuck. And I think that's still the case going into 2020, so it'll be interesting to see how uh, they go in terms of getting those eyeballs back. 
I think it's important that they rebound, man, because uh, the the fingerprint that ROH has left on the business, I was just talking about this with Derek, is like, it's undeniable. Like, everyone, so many top-level stars had spent some sort of period of time in ROH. And yeah. The, the influence of grappling-based wrestling actually being something that was a viable product that people mm-hmm. wanted to watch really had, in America, I mean, Really, ROH had a big, strong... Yeah, I'd uh, say every or the entire in-ring that you see in NXT and AEW right now is is was born in ROH, like that yep. in-ring style. The, uh, but even more than that, like, you look at the NXT roster right now, it's like 70, 75% former ROH guys. And, dude, the main event or the big program on Raw is... Mm-hmm. So Seth Rollins versus Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens, all mm-hmm. three former Ring Honor champions. Isn't that it's, crazy? Pretty much all yeah. of the WWE headliners now are former ROH guys. Yep. AJ, fucking A, man. Yeah, that's nuts. Claudio, uh, not that he's a headliner, but I mean. But still, the top level book, star on the program. Yeah, you can't beat it, man. <laughs> I like he's got. Uh, you're, I know you don't watch WWE, but it's, in, in recent weeks he's referred, returned to referring to himself as very European. Ah, oh, that's fun. That's fun. Is he brought yeah. back the big swing? Uh, I haven't seen him do that yet because he's still a heel. Because I don't think he's trying to do the babyface. Right. They babyface that move up pretty big. Yeah, yeah, it's true, true. Um, yeah. So there's there's that. Uh, did you hear about the ROH's big thing about like trying to get these fans back? The big show they've got announced for for Baltimore coming up. Oh no! What show? Free uh, tickets. What? So all tickets are, are free, but you have to like pre-reserve them. I think you probably have to you have to pay like a, a Ticketmaster booking fee, but the actual ticket charge is zero. So uh, this is a. And, and weird it's business be a, model. <laughs> I don't think it's weird. Like I think that's the exact kind of thing they should do right now. And the same thing, they put up the final battle, a replay of the final battle pay-per-view up on YouTube for free. I oh, think they, they need to be letting people sample the product because, like I'm saying, like it's a fucking awesome product and like there's some amazing wrestling going on, some amazing wrestlers, dudes that actually care about what they're doing. Um, they also suffer because they're not running the the weekly or the weekly television program is never current. It's always behind from what's actually going no, on. No, well they they changed that for I think the worse. Like cuz I used to really like their show even though it was like quite old, like just in terms of being an episodic hour long show, it almost felt like a throwback to me of like your your classic kind of like territory wrestling shows where it's just kind of like, you know, a couple matches, some promos, basic shit all self-contained, and then it leads on to the next week. They changed that like six months ago, so it's now just like some highlights, a couple of promos, and maybe like one match from a recent house show. And I'm not a fan of that approach, but it's like meant to be more current. So I don't know, which do you think is better? Well, don't they... I mean, they should just run... I mean, Beyond can run a weekly show. Why can't they? It's So you think, think they should possible. do like a live show? Not even necessarily a live show. It could be recorded one day and then aired the following day you know what i mean like it doesn't necessarily have to be live it would be great if they go live but but you think like the idea they 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 run a show to tape that's meant to be just tv tapings and they do that every week is that kind of what you're suggesting yeah i think people are more invested in the storyline and ready to go watch a pay-per-view if they're watching a weekly program that leads up to a pay-per-view you know what i mean something that actually 
illustrates all the storylines, gets everybody on some TV time, and that way people are like, well, I'm compelled to go and watch this pay-per-view now. Mm. I mean, I really dig like, the approach that uh, NWA's had about bringing back the idea of studio wrestling. I think that could cool. be a, a great way to do it, where it's like your, your TV is in a studio environment. You know, you have like 100 fans there, whatever, um, and it's just about like promos, uh, some, some sweet matches, and, and it's nice and simple, and it builds up your shows. Like, I think that could be good, and then you don't have the pressure of having to, you know, draw the house, which I think drawing a, a big crowd every week might be a bit difficult. I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, have you watched any more of the NWA? I kind of um, honestly, <laughs> not by choice, but I kind of ended up one of those people that stopped watching after Cornette left. I actually only watched the first couple episodes when Cornette was on there. Mm-hmm. And again, not intentionally. When Cornette was gone, I stopped watching, but it was just not for any reason. I just got kind of busy. Yeah. I think like a, maybe another company suffering from the oversaturation, but I mean, they're show is really fun i I did watch a little bit of an episode just because it was live at the time when i was like watching something but then i had to leave and do something after their pay-per-view i think the one where they had marty come back and it seemed fun um yeah they're bringing a lot of cool characters on like zicky dice is now part of the program and he's a mm -hmm. lot of fun yeah yeah i actually saw his promo on the episode that i that i watched he's pretty electric character yeah dude he's super fun He, he does magic in the ring sometimes where do you know him from He's 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 been around here. He's been he's done the shows up in Whack, uh, but yeah, he's a West Coast guy. Right. Interesting. Yeah, and uh, he's also in a band called Heart to Heart. It's like an almost like an '80s style band. It's he's pretty like he's a uh, what they call a Renaissance man. Yeah, he he strikes me as like a throwback Memphis kind of guy. Like almost reminds me like a Sputnik Monroe or that kind of like just money promo guy. The wrestling's like. You know, it's fine, but whatever. But, like, just in terms of being a, just an electric personality that you can't take your eyes off, like, really gives me that Memphis kind of vibe in that way. Hell yeah. He's a, back when uh, the whole Brendan Dassey thing, you know, making of a murderer happened, he had, like, mm-hmm. a T-shirt that he released. It was, like, uh, Brendan Dassey going to WrestleMania or something <laughs> shit. Like, it was hella funny. <laughs> So that's how I first heard about him, this ridiculous t-shirt. <laughs> right. Nice. Um, okay, so then MLW, they're another company where I think, like, so year before last year, 2018, I was watching them pretty regularly. I think, like, for their first, like, 40 episodes or something like that, I watched every episode. Well, that might be an exaggeration. Let's say 20. <laughs> um, basically, you know, when <laughs> the we... The greatest fan in history. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll take all the credit. <laughs> Um, but I mean, I was, I was really into that roster. I mean, shit, the company that still has Teddy Hart and Loki, like, I'm go- I don't care what the fucking company you are. I'm going to watch you if you have those two guys. Um, but, uh, then I don't know, like, you know, you got all the stuff to watch and I just kind of like fell out of the habit of watching it. Um, and then, yeah, I found in, in 2019, I really wasn't watching any MLW at all. How about you? I'm the same man. It's it's ridiculous. There's so much wrestling, and we talked about MLW a couple of times when the uh, when they first got you know on the air and on YouTube, and it was such a great show, man. Like clean presentation, crisp, family friendly, even, but with a little bit of an edge. It's a good it's a good show. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, like commentary was good. Like that was our first uh, return of having Tony back doing commentary of wrestling. Now we get spoiled and have him every week on um, AEW, but still. Um, yeah, and then uh, funnily enough, in, in the lead up to the show that we're talk- we're doing right now, um, there was the, the match, uh, I think we maybe mentioned on the last show, between um, Loki and, and Davey Boy Jr. And I was like, fuck, that sounds like a great match. I really want to watch that one. And then so I watched that. And we, we also watched, they had like a year in review show or like a highlights of the year kind of thing, which was pretty good in terms of this look back thing. And, uh, and I, I really enjoyed it. I'd, I'd recommend it to anyone out there. Uh, what did, what do you think, man? Uh, I really, I really dug it cause it's, it's fun to see Timothy Thatcher on a actual weekly looking wrestling program. Cause you know, he's been a stalwart of the independent scene, but yep. never been really a, a TV guy. And so it's cool because he's honestly the full stop, one of the best ever. Uh, he's fucking amazing. Incredibly mm-hmm. realistic. He's one of those, the guys that on the internet are always like, man, I want to see realistic grappling. Timothy Thatcher's your fucking guy. Uh, yeah, I would say and the- Thatcher and Hideki Suzuki are like my, my top top two in terms of, of you know, actual catch style wrestling. And, uh, and it's cool realistic to see realistic style wrestling. Mix up with Davy Boy and then Davy Boy and Loki and mm-hmm. holy crap, that that finish that Loki uses, that fucking arm and neck choke trap thing he does on the back, like yeah, yeah, it was like almost like a reverse uh, reverse triangle with the the carotid artery and everything. Yeah, I thought yeah, that was real cool. Using his entire weight to yeah. his advantage, that's fucking dope. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and yeah, and I really like liked the announcing. Yeah, yeah, I um, it took a little getting used to for me, because I I like uh, Rich Rich Burkini, right? Yep. Yeah, I think he's a great announcer. He um, he used to be with the NXT, right? Yes, sir. I think back when I was actually watching NXT, he was the. I think he the does it for Defy as well. Yeah, so he's great. Um, and then we used to have him and Tony, and then now Tony's more doing AEW. We had the the brief team of uh rich and Cornette, which i thought was actually a <laughs> fabulous team um but uh then uh Cornette went to nwa and then all the other things that happened but then <laughs> i first time i heard the current team so it's aj kirsch i think and, and rich burkini i was yep. not a fan at all i just thought they what? both sounded really the same i thought there was like no real presence about them i thought they didn't really bring up many good points it just kind of like sounded like generic wwe commentary where they're not really talking about much but then the more i listened to them the more i kind of i guess adjusted to them and uh yeah I'm, I'm in the middle of the road right now on that team i jumped to the the match between uh i think i watched the the loki and Tim one first? Yes, yes, I die. Yeah, I watch it. Yeah, just straight away by itself. So, mm-hmm. I I really liked the way they were breaking down like the the transitions and when t- like when Tim had Loki in uh like the Boston Crab and then he transitioned into the fucking surfboard like it was really smooth and the way they covered it was awesome like even pointing out how Tim was trying to keep his shoulders off the mat like I was like 
some reason I was really digging it, but yeah. they did definitely sound similar. Like it, they have a very similar tone and cadence. That's a weird thing, isn't it? Like when you yeah. have two, it's the same thing with like radio. Yeah, they're both play by casters. Yeah, so I, I, um, I think you make a good point. Like I did really like the the play by play nature of them actually like talking about what was going on in the ring and the strategy and like calling it like it's an actual with legitimacy. Thought that was yep. good. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see see how they uh, continue on. But do you think they need like a classic color guy? Uh, I mean, it couldn't hurt. And AJ has a huge personality. If you've seen his other character, like Broseph Joe Brody from Hood Slam. So he can be that guy if they end up needing to be. So maybe they're just working up to where he can like go full heel on Rich and just be some over the top guy. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think in the current day and age of a heel announcer? I think it's passe and there's no need for it because no, everyone just tries to be like Bobby Heenan, but no one's as good as Bobby Heenan. So why would you even fucking try? Or Jesse think... Ventura. Uh, Jesse Ventura. I thought he he's the other one. It's Jesse and Bobby. Like no one could ever do heel color as good as they did. Well, that's. I mean, I we're talking about two different things almost there because that, that's definitely true. But I think. It can be viable if done correctly because I like when guys get their jabs in every once in a while and then maybe explain the logic of why a heel might choose to do something that maybe, you know, gets the whole angle over a little bit more. But yeah, I don't know. It, it is it is kind of cliche at this point, but every once in a while, Corey says something I really enjoy, even though he's a kind of a douchebag. <laughs> he's he's a guy that has go away heat for me. Like I can't. That's one of the reasons I can't watch WWE because I just can't hear his voice because I just think he's a terrible announcer in every way. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's all or nothing with you, buddy. Well, it's just like a different approach. I think yeah. I like wrestling commentary, like like uh, traditional kind of like when I watch like classic territory wrestling, like watch like Memphis wrestling or like Crockett, like that kind of stuff, where you've basically just got like two guys that are just like having fun and talking about the wrestling and it's kind of like a little it's off the cuff um and it, it's got more credibility to it because they don't sound like they're you know just commentating a joke even if they are like you have a guy like lance russell who would have like you know commentate it and somehow like by him talking about it it gives this thing that's preposterous like a, a credibility, which is kind of cool. But I don't know, just the current approach to commentary where people like have grown up watching WWE and think that's just the be all and end all of commentary. Like, I don't know. I'm not a fan of that at all. The one issue I think primarily with the WWE commentary is they, they try to like almost do their own style angle of what's going on in the booth. Like they're the repeated gimmicks or memes that they say between the guys that they maybe reiterate from show to show that doesn't necessarily have to do with the matches themselves. Maybe just busting each other's balls or calling each other out for shit where they're trying to get each other over mm. that. The WWE is definitely has a problem with like those guys are always trying to like someone will say something. And they'll try to cut each other off and try to make each other look stupid. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, you said something wrong or what, what do you mean by that? Explain yourself. You contradicted yourself there, like in not a comedic way. And it was like, you're almost not doing like your job. The, the JBL. Yeah, they're infighting, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I almost feel like it feels like... Uh, were you a big fan of, like, wrestling video games? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so once All they... All the pre-canned stuff? 
once they got the the commentary on them, I, I I love like the commentary of like the WCW games back in the day, where it's just clearly like highlights that make no sense, just like thrown in repeatedly. But then yeah. once it got to the early two thousands, mid two thousands, and like WWE had like you know the canned commentary on their games, and they just have the again the same. It almost feels like current commentary is just like commentary canned from a video game, where they just repeat the same. <laughs> bullshit points they don't really make sense every match is just the exact same thing they just say their same lines over and over again and that's it the commentary on AEW this week was kind of uh jarring because they i don't know who it was some guy from memphis i forget his name dave brown something. i probably dave, okay yeah, dave yeah. brown and lance russell were probably in my mind greatest wrestling commentary team of all time but they just they had him on the commentary and just kind of threw to him every once in a while and like He's throwing a cliche, like, you know, like one of those can I don't think they did lines. a good job of prepping him or prepping the team in terms of how they would uh, go back and forth with him. Exactly. Like, yeah. it, it seemed so... Un- Actually, I felt the, kind of the AEW show this week was kind of... Uh, and I really yeah. am high on them overall, but this week's show was kind of... Uh. Agreed, and I think it stood out even more because last week's show was so good. And NXT was fucking sweet this week it was a great show and AEW, they ran the same angle in three different segments i thought AEW was was like it was almost like you're watching two shows there was like the good matches and like the the stuff that was good and then the stuff that was just so bad there was there was a great uh, tweet that i retweeted from uh david bixon span um Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, this is good. Oh, oh, this is bad. (laughs) But this is good. Oh, no. Then we had the the Brandy promo. That was bad. (laughs) It just went back and forth, and it was like that Simpsons reference. Uh, What was the chemical thing at the end? I don't don't have it in front of me. Uh, I don't know. Um, Uh, What do you think about Dr. Luther, though? That Uh, popped everyone up here. I like the idea that Dr. Luther is, uh, is back. Um, and then going to get to finally be utilized on a big stage. But I, there's, there's nothing I hate more in current wrestling than this fucking nightmare collective with Brandy. I think Brandy is the most off-putting character slash just her, her very presence. There's nothing in wrestling apart from Corey Graves that just makes me want to like not watch whatsoever. (laughs) Worst commentary team combination Oh, man. Brandy and Corey. When Brandy was doing the commentary, it was like, oh, has fuck. has no one like taught her the the you know basics of professional wrestling of how you're meant to like build up your your opponent while like talking them down but presenting them in a credible way? She just straight up said these two girls are boring and she doesn't want to watch the match. Yeah, what the and, fuck? and she's just arguing with everything that. Anybody else says, like, not even a funny way. Like, when just like terrible instincts. about his mask. <laughs> you know that the person that she reminded me of in terms of terrible instincts, just nothing good whatsoever, and just complete black hole on the show? Hmm. Stephanie McMahon. You thought she was that bad? <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't even say Stephanie's that bad. Oh, no, I think Ster- Stephanie is the dirt worst. Um, but uh, I-, I would say that few people have-, have had as much of a damaging effect on the overall world of professional wrestling than uh, Stephanie has. Uh, but that's a, that's an aside point, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I just couldn't stand this fucking Brandy thing. And each week it gets worse. I'm like, 
Is this just an awkward conversation that they're really putting off having with Cody to be like, all right, we really need to drop the Brandy stuff or what's, what's going on here? They're just digging yeah. their heels in. Yeah, I don't get it. I think um, that as much as people gave shit to the Dark Order, I think they're a million times better than this fucking Nightmare Collective thing right now. I think it's funny that they literally had three people get invited to join the three stables and all three people said no. <laughs> like <laughs> It's the same angle three times. And yeah. I, I, I understand that they're trying to get traction by getting these storylines and these stables established, but let's, let's pepper it in, not all in one fucking show, people. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's... It, it's a thing that I've feared for a long time with AEW. Like they don't have the um the 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 you know one booker that's really putting this whole thing together and you know overseeing it and making shit make sense, um and not having stuff that like you know uh, lessens the other shit because you're putting it together. It's like there's just a lack of cohesion. And I guess that's because there's so many cooks in the kitchen from what you hear about the um, different people. Like, you know, I heard that Kenny is in charge of the, the women's division. Uh, Cody is in charge of his stuff. The Bucks do the tag division. And uh, Tony kind of like oversees the lot in a way. But I don't know. I don't know. What do you do here? You just give the whole book to Cody? I don't know. That seemed to work for his daddy. <laughs> but his daddy got himself over mostly daddy. Yeah, it worked for Dusty for a few years, but yeah. I'd say he even Dusty only lasted like what was it like two good years that they had in Crockett or three before everything got like two the same, and then they had like Dusty finishes on every single show, and then ended up um, ousting him. And Cody's not Dusty, so yeah, 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 yeah. But I think of all of the shit on the show, it's Cody's stuff that's the most consistent and makes sense. Yeah, he looked great this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of the Arn thing? Oh, very amusing. Yeah. I love Arn Anderson in general. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, He's it, a great it, addition to the show. You could see how how sad the crowd was that they didn't get the Cody promo though. Yeah, <laughs> and honestly, like you're you're right. Like the stuff that was good was good. So I I hate to say meh, but it just just so up and down. Go, yeah, yeah, and then. I hate to harp on it, but doing like doing the same thing and then the having the most cliche ending ever of hit of Moxley oh, joining and then oh my god, it took forever. <laughs> it was funny they when they were in the ring with the bubbly or something. I have no the bubbly spraying like when when there was hardly anything left and they were <laughs> uh, Chris and Sam we were both still trying to get the spray and nothing was coming out. That shit was cracking me up though. Yeah, yeah. It was almost like, do you think they were going for the, let's draw it out as long as humanly possible so people think it's too long and the turn's not coming, so then when the turn comes, it'll actually get a pop. Yeah, that's probably it. I I really, really like that Moxley went to go grab a second gimmicked champagne bottle and and it it broke broke. as soon as hands touched it. (laughs) I noticed. (laughs) Like, he's so strong. (laughs) Broke instantly. And then you look back at the table. If you look at the back of the table, the other one that was sitting there was clearly gimmicked, just broke on its own. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a very fast thing on screen, but if you're looking in the right place, 
yeah. Funny. I honestly, I love when that shit happens. Like, it's so amusing. Like, it's we all know it's a show, so it's fun to see the things kind of fall apart a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I, I really want them because they did such a great show last week, and they just did away with all of the dumb, goofy bullshit. I just wish we could just, in general, say, all right, we're just cutting off this entire Nightmare Collective. No more. Uh, if we're like, I, I'm torn on the Dark Order as well because they have some good stuff, and then they have some stuff that's just goofy and comes off real fucking bad. Is there any? How do you think they can fix that? Uh, have is, them is that do savable? something. Le- I think so. I think it's fun. I think the the creepers, the big mass of humanity that he sits on, is really cool. Look, uh, plus. Any guy who wants to get a little bit of TV time can wear a fucking little mask and run out there and, you know, get their first gig on a show. That's fun for people. I but think that's the problem, personally. I think, think they I'm... need to dig do away with having any physicality whatsoever with any of these, like, enhancement talent mask guys because it seems like the quality of the guys that they're using for that are, like, just straight up out of wrestling school. Like, I mean, but I, I think just... that's good. I think that's good, honestly. Because really? those guys don't need... – yeah, they don't need to be good. They're just... They're fucking grunts. They're like putties. But that's what I'm saying. If they're that bad, then they shouldn't have any physicality whatsoever because then you end up with what we had on the fucking last show of the year with the fucking punches that were like two feet off. Like that was – I didn't find it clever what they did in making it like canon. Did you see that? What? what? I missed it. I saw it and I totally forgot. So the world, you know, went crazy with this – schmuck that was like couldn't throw a punch to save his life randy orton buried it and it was a big big hubbub eric cannon said that it was him even though it wasn't um so all of this went down everyone was like complaining about it for a long time uh and then uh this this past week on uh i think it was on dark or it was on something maybe on the the build-up to the memphis show they had like a pre-tape thing with the dark order and they um they they showed like a, a replay thing or they referenced the punches missing and we're telling the grunts there's like no room for mercy. So I was like, that's a pretty cool save of such an embarrassing thing. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know, man. I think it's going to be, they're going to be add more people and weed out the weaker members. Cause they asked for all the losers to join their group, so they can't have a bunch of these super elite fucking badasses in the ring with them. They have to be goofy. Well, I and... would compare it to Raven's Flock, right? We had Raven's Flock, which was made up of a band of losers and misfits, but none of them were as bad wrestlers as like these schlubs that they're using for the bloody Creepers. But I think these characters, the Creepers shouldn't even necessarily be proficient wrestlers at all. They should just be these guys that are like, you know they're just get in the way enough of them to slow the guy down they don't have to be good it's like classic comic book shit like all these easily dispatchable bad guys but they still at least break the guy down a little bit before he gets to the boss but like you should at least be able to sell properly if you're going to be in that role you know oh well sure i mean but at the same time, no, not necessarily, because just maybe some of the guys need to get teed off on and have them not necessarily sell. They're gonna get really hit. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think like, maybe I like they the just concept. need better, better pre-show production meetings with these guys if they're insistent yeah. on using guys that have such. Try to at least experience. hit the dude. I mean, we at least ask him that much. <laughs> I, I would, yeah. To me, no more physicality with the creepers. Like they can be there. They're gonna be pushed around. They're gonna be sat on, but they do not 
do anything wrestling wise. Yeah, I hear you. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> back to this MLW show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I uh, really enjoyed watching that um that match that we already watched and spoke about on this show, but I really enjoyed watching that Thatcher Bulldog match again. Mm-hmm. Did you watch that again or did you skip over it because you already watched it? No, I did watch it again because it was great. Yeah, so great. Really good on the rewatch. Um, I, uh, I I kind of dug the – I think I think I was a bit hit and miss on the promo stuff throughout the show. Uh, I thought the Tom Lawler feud with um, Ross Von Eric. Eric where they're having this brawl <laughs> Funny. <laughs> it was so funny. You, see, you, you catch that guy. That guy who walked around the corner and like clearly wasn't didn't yeah. realize there was a camera crew. He's like, what the <laughs> fuck? And then they were like in a, a gas station, and he's like hiding behind the gas fucking thing, and then pokes him in the eyes. That that stuff got me. That was good. And then yeah, he Tom Lawler uh, escapes on a. A subway and like the door just closed just in time and he's given him the fingers as he's um saved by the by the subway. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, I was enjoying this. Hey, give me one second. The dog got his toy stuck. I need to grab it. Aww. He's whining. One moment. Yeah, it was a fun show. I uh, I would recommend it and uh, maybe yeah. If people just want to get give give MLW another try, it's definitely Do a it. fun product. Um, yeah, and they got cool guys like fucking Hammerstone and MJF. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the what do you think of Hammerstone, bro? Dude, I hadn't seen too much of him uh, until we saw him in person at the MLW tapings that we went to um, in Queens, uh, and then the next I saw him was in Noah. This past year, he was part of their um their big N one tournament, the replacement to the Global League, uh, and he really surprised me. He that dude can work, like he's a Hell fucking yeah. good wrestler. Uh, only thing that I can't stand about him is his fucking dumb jeans. Like, just get some fucking <laughs> wrestling gear, bro, and then I think it'll be good. <laughs> he used to use have wrestling gear until he totally changed his gimmick. He used to look like fucking Triple H, man. He would fit in so much better in the fucking dynasty if he, like, had gear. He's just like, why do they have this schlub wearing torn jeans when they're meant to be, like, these rich kids, you know? Because he's so cool, man. Those are designer torn jeans, bro. Oh. He paid a lot of money for those designer torn jeans. <laughs> those to- those tears were torn by Malaysian... No. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to make a slave labor joke? No, baby. <laughs> <laughs> It's really where I thought you were I was going. Gonna, I was actually going to do a Fight Club because uh, his gimmick is kind of based off Tyler Durden. And, you know, in, yeah. if you've seen the movie, he talks about the uh, all the stuff in his house. And he had, like, glasses made by Malaysians, such and such. But, yeah, I could, it could definitely relate to a slave labor joke. <laughs> <laughs> but I was going for a Fight Club, I swear. Right, right, right. Uh, but you should check out his Club. match he had with Chris Bay up here at WAC, dude. They just had it on uh, IWTV. It, it was one of their featured matches. Dude, it was so good. Oh, nice. Chris Bay is fucking great. I do not know anything of Chris Bay. Oh, fantastic. Check him out. All right. Well, uh, if he is on a show that I'm watching in the future, I'll make sure I not to skip that match <laughs> yeah. because I remember, hey. I'm not going out of my way to find him, but I'm <laughs> 
if he somehow ends up falling in my lap, I will check it out. Hey, it's the equivalent of uh, Matt Farmer putting over Dr. Luther to you, and then now... Uh... <laughs> yes. It was just it ch- chats of Matt's uh, wrestling history and his experiences hanging out with Dr. Luther. Right. Because, I mean, I don't see you going out of your way to go through old wing and ML- <laughs> uh, FMW to find old no, Dr. Sir. Luther matches. No, sir. <laughs> Maybe we should. Maybe we'd be surprised. I don't know. I don't want to bury the guy. Yeah, that's why I specifically said if Matt Farmer put him over big, I definitely was not speaking from experience. <laughs> yeah, no, intrigued. Um, yeah, man. Uh, and then uh, I was just I, – I really enjoyed the, the promo segments with the Dynasty, to be fair. I, um, I wasn't a fan of them to start with in MLW. I was like, oh, these guys are just going to bore up the place. But uh, their promos are fucking money, man. And, yeah, like MJF and uh, Hammerstone are both, both very proficient wrestlers, I would say. Yeah, I like the other guy too. I like how he uh, always calls the fans consumers. <laughs> and he always has the, uh, the earbuds Earbuds. In. Oh, yeah. brilliant. Total douchebag. Total douchebag. Yeah, what, how obnoxious. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of obnoxious, uh, this week, I just just a quick divergence. Mm-hmm. Seth Rollins is now calling himself the Monday Night Messiah. It's the, the douchiest and awesomest nickname in a long time. You know, he, he needs some, some dudes to come and cut off his pinky finger. That's what he needs. <laughs> it was the pinky finger, wasn't it? You know the reference I'm talking about? No. It's really? like the Yakuza thing, right? No, no. Coincidentally, I watched a fabulous movie from the 70s called The Yakuza that was all about cutting off people's pinky fingers. Uh, But no, this uh, was a thing that happened in XPW with Messiah. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Did they cut off his thumbs? It was, I can't remember what finger it was. I'm pretty sure it was his thumb, dude, because that's the worst. Yeah, yeah, the thumb (laughs) would be far worse to lose than the finger. Yeah. I don't know which it was, but yeah, he like fucked Rob Black's girlfriend or something, and then he got some dudes to cut off a digit. <laughs> yep. Jeez. Uh, but yeah, I, I reckon um, is this going to lead to a, a Messiah comeback feuding with uh, Seth Rollins on Raw? Is that where we're headed here? <laughs> oh, we can only hope, man. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but I was, speaking of obnoxious earbuds, reminded me of that obnoxious nickname, so I had to bring it up. Pretty obnoxious. Um, but yeah, I love the interrupting, uh, the promo, uh, where they, they just, him and MJF walk in while, um, Hammerstone's doing the promo with the, the, the interview girl and they're just like talking about vitamin C and orange juice. Did you see that one? Yeah. (laughs) So great. (laughs) Yeah. And I like, uh, Hammerstone's attitude with like, what's your name? Oh, okay, oh, cool, cool. And then they ripped on her for being like Canadian <laughs> and buried all Canadian food. And we're like, go and eat some poutine. Poutine sucks. And then after they leave, she's like, poutine doesn't suck. <laughs> I, and I did like when they were in, in the street in Holiday, I think that's his last name, was uh, on the phone like talking about his dad's a lawyer. Oh, and yeah. he's like, and I'll fire you, dad. <laughs> Even though yeah. you're the only lawyer I know, I'll find another one. Like I don't know why he needed to ad lib that he didn't know any other lawyers. But then, all right, I love that it he's was just hysterical. Yeah, burying his dad. Like, don't you yeah. think just because you're dead, I'm not going to fire you? Yeah, <laughs> that was very good. Yeah, yeah. So I, I enjoyed that, and then 
the the main event on this best of show, which uh, happened to be the the main. Speaking of you know giving away stuff for free to sample, this was the main event of their last pay per view in December, I believe, uh, from uh, Chicago, uh, and so we got the the world title match between L.A. Park and um, and Fatu. I bloody loved this match. What did you think? It was. Uh... Everything I expected. Mm-hmm. Smash mouth as fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, really hard hitting and lots of blood. Uh, I did. I. I don't know necessarily like the the fact that uh, Joseph Samuel got so involved. I guess it's to be expected with the situation. But yeah, I mean Contra is really all about that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I like. Uh, I, I thought it was great, man. Uh, I love the one moonsault that Jacob did oh, where it looked like he did, wasn't going to make a full rotation, but then he like, it snapped, man, he's fucking amazing. And that spot, uh, I thought this is the one you're referring to where he does like the, the run up jump over almost like he's, uh, going to do the, the lethal injection where he does the, mm-hmm. the headstand against the ropes. Then he pops up into like a, a moonsault on like a standing moonsault, on top of the guy. I thought that was such a bloody cool move, and especially for a dude his size. Yeah, he does that. Uh, he did that a couple times at Washington Hall. Fuck, mm-hmm. it's uh, a sight to behold. Actually, speaking of Washington Hall, I saw uh, him uh, at Defy this most recent weekend. They have a stage there. He did a fucking moonsault off the stage. Damn. Yeah. Crazy, man. I uh, I think he's money, man. Like, Court is pretty smart from what I've hear, heard. He's uh, locked him down. But he also appears to be the only promoter that um, Fatu actually shows up to his bookings for regularly. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, the, That's honestly, a plus. He's so – he's can't miss. He's like – I think if he gets away from Court, he has the potential to be bigger than Umaga. Like mm. – I know the WWE is not necessarily everyone's end goal, but I imagine it is for him. Yeah, um, I I look at him, and you know how like there was the big bidding war of, on like Roosh between like uh, ROH and MLW uh, earlier in the year, mm-hmm. and everyone was like talking about how much Roosh was money. Like, I think Roosh has pretty well been exposed to be not that great, uh, but. Like, um, Fatu is the kind of guy that I think could be a real difference maker. Like, if, if you had Fatu, like, in a headline program, um, in, in ROH, like, or, uh, I, I, AEW, I think, would be perfect for him. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's definitely destined for one of those places. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, just great match. Um, I, I was actually really impressed by, uh, Joseph, uh, Samael. Like, he, he, to me, is just like the perfect manager. Like you're it, probably again the, the Umaga thing, but remind me a lot of um, uh, what is his name? Uh, Armando. Armando Estrada. Alejandro Estrada. I didn't roll those R's. Like I can, I just didn't commit. Oh no worries. <sighs> Disappointing. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then I I pop every time I see someone do a fireball. I just love fireballs. Maybe it's just my love of Memphis wrestling, but I thought that was so cool. Fireballs are rad. Yep. Um, and yeah, I just thought this match was great. Like you said, brutal. Uh, I I just love a good LA Park brawl. And this is like the the perfect meeting of both awesome LA Park intense brawl 
but like LA Park having his working boots on and actually like wrestling as well. Like LA Park yeah. did some really sweet stuff in this in this match. Like you wrestled more than you you would normally see. And also, dude could still do some crazy shit off the ropes, like the oh that tumbleweed. Like yeah, yeah, that was rad. And then uh, Joseph, basically, or not Joseph, but Fatu basically matched him a little bit later. That was pretty cool too. And he did it just. I'm always shocked at how great his topes are. Yeah, man, and to be doing so this long, fucking yep. bananas. With that belly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's great. Still great. I um I've always loved me some LA Park. Uh and yeah the bloody um the rail, railroad spike. Oh that got me. Love a good railroad yeah, he just, spiking. Just sneaks in the sneaks in the ring and just starts stabbing him in the forehead repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> and they used the ref distraction, which apparently they you know, based off the rules of the match, didn't need, but they did it anyway. Yep. Yep. I guess they forgot the rules maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then the, the spot with, um, Thingo getting put through the table, um. That must have hurt, because they did it off-center, like, she didn't actually go through the table all the way, she went, like, and hit the ropes, so I bet that hurt worse than just going through the table. Yeah, that looked nasty. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I but just I thought really the, like the match so built okay. up really well, right, was... and, uh, yeah, this, the, the finish was great, and props to him. This is, again, all of the awesome wrestling going on. I didn't hear shit about that match when it happened. Did you? Nope. And that was like their biggest show to date, like their big pay-per-view that they're finally done. You think it would get more chatter and like, I don't know, it was like when it happened and there were all of the news going on, but no one's talking about this shit. They should be. I popped because I'm selfishly looking through the crowd and seeing people wear my shirt designs. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, the Jimmy Havoc and Mansur match, Jimmy was wearing one of my shirt designs. I popped for that too. Nice. That was a f- that match was silly as fuck. <laughs> Have you ever seen a good match with the two two dudes wearing <laughs> no, the blindfolds? Never. They're always <laughs> dumb. <laughs> I mean, they did it. They made it kind of funny, and because they knew how hokey they are. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um. So, um, then the, um, the big opera cup we moved on to in the, the next episode. Uh, I think the overall idea of that's really cool. Bringing back this like tournament that used to be a thing for years and years in wrestling is like a annual deal that like finished in the fifties, but like when they it put it over now, that it was something that Stu Hart was part of. Yeah. Or well, Stu Hart I won the last one. And so the original trophy is like a family heirloom and they had it like restored and they're using that as the actual trophy for this tournament. Do you think we're being worked or is that legit? Like not the whole (laughs) angle of the thing, but that's, that's probably not the real opera cup, right? (laughs) I would like to believe it's true. The way you you were saying it, it sounds like like you genuinely believe it. So I feel like court would actually go to the effort of doing that. The way you were saying it, you generally believed it. Like, this guy's getting worked. The magic's <laughs> alive in this kid. <laughs> Man, if that kayfabe is killed to me, I will have nothing left in wrestling to believe anymore. Oh, well, dude, kayfabe got killed today. I found out that Sergeant Slaughter was never in the military. <laughs> a boom. <laughs> How? So, I mean, had you heard, like, the rumors before of, like, people saying maybe he wasn't, like, is a, a Navy SEAL but he was definitely, like, involved in, like, the... He said he was in the Marines. 
I thought it was a seal. Oh no, that's Jesse no, Ventura, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, Jesse. Yeah, he was a he was a Navy SEAL. Yeah, yeah, but um, but I mean, there was something where he wasn't like what he was saying he was, but he was at least in the the training or whatever, like training up grunts. So it's like, all right, I guess that makes sense. But then, yeah, there's talk. Maybe he didn't even do that. Yeah, not even a drill sergeant. <laughs> I don't know what to believe. <laughs> it's so great because. I know it's kayfabe and, you know, he's doing a wrestling gimmick, but it just happens to be that pretending to be a real military person is terrible. <laughs> so, well, it used to get a lot of heat. I was reading an old yeah. newspaper article today from, like, the 80s, uh, and it was, like, a, an article where they interviewed uh, some, you know, high-up army dude. I don't know what these things are called. Um, but, and he was saying about how, how much the army, uh, has, has, or, you know, whatever military has been, um, pissed off, uh, by, uh, sergeants, you know, that have been trying to find out whether he actually has a history, but it has been quite elusive. Um, and they're, they're really annoyed at them using, um, supposed people in, in military outfits who get beat down by the heels for Sarge to come out and make the save. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I was saying about how disrespectful that is, and blah, blah, blah. I um, I don't know. Fantastic! Man. It's hilarious, but also ridiculous. Yeah. If he ever actually was really claiming to be a true military guy and like got honored for that shit, then fuck that. But if he was just it, doing though. it, like be... if if you're a worker, and this is oh yeah, back their, then in the seventies and the eighties, right? Like it's about protecting kayfabe. So it's like yeah. if someone tries to prove that you're not the actual gimmick that you're doing, you fucking lie. You'd be elusive and you lie. Refuse to speak English. Yeah. So I think, I don't think he did anything wrong um, other than maybe now, or I guess, when, when do you think the cutover period when he probably should have come out and be like, yeah, I, I didn't do that. When should that have been? Nineties? <laughs> I... <laughs> probably <laughs> it shouldn't have been found out like all where it came out all, all seedy and stuff you know what i mean but i mean don't, do you reckon if he came out in the 90s in the late 90s let's say he comes out and he's like all right i was never actually a sergeant that was a wrestling character do you think or you could come out and say you could be like of course i wasn't a fucking real military guy it's a wrestling gimmick like make it pretend like people should have known it would have been like not like he was confessing something like he should just come out and go duh I think he would have gotten in a lot of trouble if he came out and do it. I reckon that's why he probably never did. I think remember it'd be the G.I. Joe to... thing that he had? Yeah. Like, he's a TV celebrity and everything, and people, like... Oh, that's what it was, dude. He was a member of G.I. Joe, so it's a elite fighting unit that, you know, is disavowed by the government. They don't actually <laughs> know what's going on. All those files were burnt, you know? Yeah. See, that should have been <laughs> it. He's like, no, I was in the G.I. Joe's. That's... Yeah, you idiots. That kind of stuff is <laughs> not public record. What's going on? What is going on? Nothing happened on my end. All of a sudden I heard loud rubbing noises on your end. Were you moving about? Maybe. Were you touching your uh I think I was your, scratching my your leg. Microphone by chance? I was scratching my leg. Is that uh is that better? Has it gone away? It's gone away. Yeah, it was all sudden, all sorts of fuzz. Hmm. Strange. Glad you, you let me know. Sometimes I get a little bit caught up. I'll start tapping a pen. I'll scratch a scratch a appendage. Not my. That sounds like I'm talking about my dick. I'm not talking. About <laughs> it's that. like you specify not that appendage. <laughs> uh, 
as men, that's that's the only appendage that matters, right? Yeah, my arm is not is broken, but as long as my penis is okay, yeah. I'm good. Yeah, I could lose all arms, both legs, but as long as I still got my dick, all good. Too bad Messiah lost his thumbs, because now he has a dick and no thumbs. Mm. Mm. He can put his sandwiches hands together, I think. I think I thought it was only one. Like he still has the other one, I'm assuming. Oh, let's take a look. When I was looking through the list of the things that happened this year, uh, I was looking through the deaths, and it, I saw uh, Dick Byer on there, the Destroyer. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of this picture I saw this year of Dick Byer in a jazzercise class in his fucking hood. He's like in his 70s, jazzercising. Amazing. With these ladies still wearing his mask. Imagine that, dude. It'd be... <laughs> and go into full wrestling or you're just like some middle-aged woman jazzercise and you look over to this old guy in a wrestling oh yeah that's just dick he's yeah he's a little strange he used to wrestle <laughs> have you seen those amazing um pictures of him uh golfing with like giant barber oh no that sounds rad too oh okay so yeah great. it was just one thumb okay like he had his thumb cut off during the assault right he wrestled after that didn't he I believe that is the case, yeah. I need to track down some footage and look carefully at that thumb. See, see Who was the other guy uh, that was really popular during those days? Like, Messiah had a lot of battles with. Like in XPW, specifically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was like Messiah. Big... Vic Grimes was pretty big back then. Um, the clown guy. Uh, homeless mm. Jimmy, I remember. There was like a bald guy? Like a fat, short bald guy? Wasn't that Vic Grimes? No, I think there's another one. Hang on, let me take a look. <laughs> XPW Wrestlers. <laughs> Isn't the internet a magical thing? Yeah, man. Like, literally all of the information that we could possibly want. I th- there was another guy besides Vic Grimes, I swear, but it looks like I might be wrong. <laughs> I think I but know yeah. the guy you're talking about, but uh, it's not re- Supreme! Boom! That's right. Boom. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. He, he was, was the first ever XPW name. champion, apparently. It was like, I was trying to think, like, I know it's just like a single word, like Messiah. Yep. Yeah. Yep, there he is, big fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Was XPW ever good? I don't think it was. It was, it was fun I don't on some so. of those videotapes back in the day that were just like interspliced between XPW and porn. Yeah, it was like you watch your Faces of Death, and then you watch a little XPW. I never watched Faces of Death, actually. (laughs) The best thing about XPW, I remember, was like a Louis Theroux documentary about the porn industry. And he (laughs) had um, Rob Black on it, and he talked both about like his weird fetish porn uh, and then also like the wrestling and how they kind of like go together. And I was like, this is just the most fascinating interview I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) Sex work. (laughs) And wrestling are pretty, or professional wrestling are pretty adjacent. Yeah. You're using your body to entertain others and get paid. Even for for their time, like there's still not shit that's like to the level of what um, Rob Black used to produce. Like chicks getting like raped by clowns on top of garbage and shit. Like that's fucked up. I'm kind of hard now. Yeah, yeah. You probably, I don't know. Maybe there's more of a of a um, want for it now because it's more edgy. I don't know how these things work. Weird. I just got a message from a direct message. Some woman, she said she's 
in peacekeeping mission in Libya and needs help, wants me to email money for the troops. She said this as a direct message on Twitter. Well, as long as it's a direct message, I think you should probably listen to her. That sounds pretty I do like the troops. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Said. Yep. All right. Uh, the the two hosts here have uh, have approved it. Uh, I guess you should send the uh, send the money. Done. Excellent. All right. Sorry to be so random in the last part. <laughs> no, no. I I look forward to hearing back. Hopefully, we can uh, follow up on this on the next episode. And oh, looks see... like my pay count has been drained. Um, I am oh. now penniless. Oh dear. Oh, <laughs> like a bad suggestion. Oh, there goes my internet. Quick. Oh man, you can't trust anyone these days. Disappointing. Disappointing. Um, so, hmm. anything else really in 2019 was like, wow, forgot about that? Um, honestly, the only thing I thought was a big deal, uh, other than that, which is technically not like really a big on deal. Like anything on this but list just... that we were like, huh? No, honestly, dude, no, no, because... I just the death is what was most interesting to yes. me. Like I forgot so many people fucking died. Like in such a what a huge list. Like Mean Gene and mm-hmm. just incredible and feel bad incredibly about depressing. That, though, you know, I feel yeah. I felt bad. I was like, man, yeah. how did I just completely forget that person is no longer with us? I mean, it's not like I deal with them on a day to day basis, but still, Arrow and fucking Harley. It's just, Moondog Rex, which we talked about, I think, the last show. Silver King, who we, we've also yes, covered Silver on King. the show. But Les Thornton was one that got me, because I only really got on to how fucking incredible Les Thornton was this past year when I was watching old um, Georgia Championship Wrestling. And this guy was just a fucking incredible uh, UK wrestler who looked like as fucking wide and as big as like Bruno Sammartino, but could just... <laughs> Wrestle the jaw. His jaw is like the, it looks like he can chop wood with his jaw. Line. Got like the incredible butt chin. Yep. Good looking cat, man. And yeah, I I cannot believe he didn't have more more success. But every every match that I see of his, if I see his name, I'm like, oh shit, this will be good. And it pretty much always is. Uh, so yeah, yeah, he works for a pretty long time. So he worked until the night. He worked from until the nineties. Actually, that's pretty wow. crazy. That's an accomplishment. Hmm. Um, what else we got here? Yeah, Destroyer. I like. I remembered that one, and I went to the um, Destroyer Memorial Show uh, when I was in Japan. That was very cool. But yeah, I mean, people kind of like forget how much of just a, a huge figure Destroyer was in Japan. I'd, I'd say probably easily the most successful gaijin wrestler in the history of Japanese wrestling. And that goes a long the, way. The Destroyer. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. putting him up against dudes like, you know, Luthez, Stan Hansen, Bruiser Brody. Like, I'd, I'd say Destroyer in terms of, like, a just national appeal. I don't think anyone tops him. High praise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Ashley Massaro, also. Very depressing. Forgot about that. Yep. Tragic. Indeed. More tragic. Actually, no, we can't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's compare tragedies. We're going to write the tragedies. Hang on, guys. Yeah, top 10 (laughs) tragedies. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Worst. Oh, King Kong Bundy, top tragedy. Yeah. No, one one that bummed me out the most, I think. Do you remember hearing about it? Sushi Aoki? 
Yeah. That's... So he was a dude who, from when I was watching, I've been watching Noah for a long time, and, and I basically saw this guy from when he was like a, a rookie all the way up to like when he was one of the, the top guys, and he jumped over to All Japan, and he's, he's always just been fantastic, great wrestler. Um, and yeah, it, at the age of 41, while he's All Japan Junior Heavyweight Championship, news just comes out that he died. Fucking what? How did this guy die? He's like healthy and... And it's like died in a motorcycle accident. Just so wild. Yeah, I wonder if he was like hot dogging or just it was just something that happened. Yeah. No, apparently it was like he just took a bad turn going into a tunnel and fucking that's all it takes. Usually is. Yep. Uh, Paco Alonso was another one where I remembered, but I mean, just the ramifications of that are enormous. You know, the the promoter who's been in power, charge of... Power shifting. Yep, 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 and and how much people thought it was going to go in the shakeout of it. I mean, he's been in charge of CMLL for like bloody thirty years or more, um, and is is just ev- everything in that company has his fingerprints all over it. And then so he passes away, and it's like would really be the equivalent of like if uh, you know Vince McMahon died, I guess. Um, but if he was a lot better promoter. Um, but yeah, like then it was like, oh, is it going to go to his daughter, Sophie Alonso? And then it turns out she's like not ready and wants to make all these changes and would have shaken up the office too much. So then they went with his, uh, her, her uncle, um, his, his brother, I believe, uh, Chavo, uh, Luderoth. So yeah, crazy stuff. That, that was really big. And I, I think. CMLL has probably come out of it a lot better than a lot of people were, fear, were fearing, I'd say. Um, but yeah, I'd say a lot of that's probably due to Chavo. But yeah, another one to keep track of. And then, like you were saying, Harley Race. Crazy. Dude, the name that sticks out on here just because of how crazy is Izzy Slapowitz. <laughs> <laughs> I Who never is... heard... I heard it when, he, when, he, when the person passed away was the first time I heard of it, but... Izzy Slapowitz is such a great wrestling name. That is a fantastic wrestling name. He's <laughs> 71, uh, mainly for Mid-South, Knoxville Territories. Outlaw he did some Outlaw Mud shows. Yeah, yeah. Stable with uh, Bob Orton Jr., Forrest <laughs> This is awesome. Early in his career. Uh, Smith had never been in such an event uh, he was pelted by Coke cans and other items by unruly fans and paramedics loaded him into an ambulance. Now that is a mark of a good heel, my friend. You can't beat up with Coke cans. <laughs> Man, yeah, this dude was everywhere. I, I don't think I even heard about this. Shit. I'm hoping Dave has a nice write-up on him coming soon. <laughs> that is awesome, too. Slapowitz uh, initially presented as a shady New York businessman who owned a a chain of pawn shops throughout the city. In his first television appearance, however, Southern audience thought he said, when he said pawn shop, thought he said porn shop. <laughs> thick New York accent. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's great. I also love just the idea that his character is a shady New York businessman in charge of uh, shady secondhand stores. Yeah, that's great. Like we we can accept your secondhand stores, but porno, no sir. <laughs> we don't take that that dirty shit down here in the south. We like it clean. And honestly, as far as years review, this is the list that's most important. The people that gave their lives 
basically to entertain us and unfortunately in some situations cut very short but some guys lived to the fucking ripe old age of 76 mean gene mm-hmm. what a life that guy must have lived you know like running yeah. with the biggest wrestling stars and just being basically a sidekick they probably just busted his balls all the time but mean gene got a respect yeah from what gene. i hear mean gene was pretty damn good at busting them right back yeah damn right <laughs> one that got me recently we haven't even talked about this on the show this is like it's it's rare where a wrestling death comes out and it actually like um, rather than just oh like i'm like oh man fuck that takes me back but did you hear about mr nebler passing away recently i did not i just read on your fucking blood infection that yeah. is a terrible way to go so he was still like a, a top guy in cmll like he his was, mask is so red Oh, yeah, always one of the coolest masks. One of just those totally electric, charismatic guys like Dr. Wagner Jr., to where it's like every little movement is like primping and preening and like just that electricity kind of thing. He's like dancing and shit. Like, he was always one of my favorites. Um, he was just part of La Pesta Negra, which was like they're, they're one of these uh, cool sort of heel factions with. Um, uh, with Cabanario, El, El Barbaro, and um, and Felino and Negro Casas, uh, and they'd like sort of be like garbage men, and they'd like come out with like garbage cans and be like dancing and just <laughs> awesome. Yeah, man, he, it was great. Uh, yeah, that really bummed me out, man. But um, apparently, he, he had a long history of like alcohol alcoholism. Um, so I don't know if that like played a role at the end in him being like in a weakened state, but yeah, that uh, apparently in Mexico, that was a really huge deal because he was like so loved by so many people. In his pictures, like you said, his personality comes right off the page. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 hundred percent. He's been doing it for, for so long. Like, uh, like uh, there were even like footage that came out of like matches that he had on like IWRG and stuff from just the last couple of years to where it was just like when he could, when he had was on, like he could go with the best of them. But yeah. <sighs> RIP brother. Mm-hmm. All right. So how can we end this on a, uh, a, a better note than just talking about everyone that died? Uh, well, we can <laughs> talk about what we have planned for the future. Uh, upcoming things that we have going on how's these art projects shaking out currently for you friend oh yes so i'm um well into this this uh hundred bloodiest matches book that i'm doing the illustration for um for the greater dudes at hybrid shoot um and it's been a really fun project both because it's pretty much my bread and butter of like drawing bloody territorial wrestlers like that's just fun <laughs> anyway you would have been doing it anyway yeah that's how that's what i told myself um but uh the the real fun part has been like going back and like watching all of these matches they kind of have like a process where i'll like go back I'll watch the match or try to you know find some good uh you know reference material from the match a good like screenshot or whatever to, to draw from it's got like a good kind of visual uh, that I can use as reference material. But um, as you may be able to relate to, I've been getting distracted a little bit easily in this process. Mm-hmm. Um, and being the completest that I am, like I was talking about the, the Moondogs one that I was, I was doing the other week, 
Uh, I rather than just watching the specific match between the Moon Dogs and the Fabulous Ones, I end up going back and, and needing to watch the entire feud start to finish with every promo and angle. <laughs> of course, <laughs> <laughs> which, as you can imagine, can be quite time consuming. So <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely been a labor of love. It, it's been fun. Uh, but now I really am getting into the the pointy end of it. I've got a lot of drawings to get done, and uh, not so much time till the deadline. So it's it's becoming more of an efficient thing and uh, a bit more of a challenge. So I'm kind of at that point where I'm like, uh, not not the point of fear or panic just yet, but the point of like, all right, I really need to be able to just. You know, get the drawing done, get into the computer, get the digitalization done, and then batch it and, and you know, continue on to really get these numbers out. So it's I guess it's changing over a bit from like a real labor of love to more of like a thing that I have to get done. <laughs> yeah. So You need the fear. The fear. Mm. I mean, you may be able to relate to that. Sometimes it's the, the pressure that makes you do your best work. 100%. Yeah, it's, dude, I've uh, been kind of busy getting, like, the not a ton of designs at once, but steady. They're, they stream in pretty quickly, so I always try to give myself a little time to get it done, but when you get distracted with a bunch of wrestling and trying to cover all kinds of different shows and then trying to have a real life out outside of all that mm. and then work a regular job, it's, you know, then the creativity starts to flow all at once, and it can be explosion at points in time. So that that's fun when the pressure gets to you and all of a sudden the valve is kind of left and you're just sieve. It's all coming out. Yeah. Like I'm wondering if I get to the point and I'm just like sit down for a good 15 hours, just like nonstop. All right, this is when things are happening. I'm just not going to stop till I get a good number out. Word. Uh, before we go, I also wanted to put over one of our buddies because mm-hmm. I just ordered one of his shirts. Did you see uh, Jedi Jack Jekyll's or Yeti or whatever is the full name? Of it? Jackson. Jedi Jack fucking... Yeti. Yeah, Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Zorn. Did you see? Did you see his new fucking worm shirt? Let me see this. Oh, oh uh, dude, it's I'm so jumping awesome. on the Instagram now. Uh, so he did this function. awesome uh, Rodzilla Dennis Rodman NWO shirt. And it says Worm 2020. Uh, you get like a political <laughs> sticker with it. It's it's so awesome. He's Black wearing that awesome old NWO skull cap. Skull cap. Yep. It's so cool. Yeah, I just had to pick that up. I oh, ordered way too many shirts. Man. He's so good. He's so good. Rodzilla for NWA Hall of Fame induction. <laughs> you get like a little badge as well. Yeah. Sticker. So oh, cool. Dude, that's so cool. 20 bones for the shirt yeah, and the sticker. It was a steal. It was a steal. When I saw it, it was both for 20 bucks. I'm like, yep, copping that. Bargain. Hot mm. damn. And I loved Rodzilla back in the day. Same. I, I he, he didn't always put all his effort into it, but when he did, he was fucking super entertaining, man. Yep. Easily, uh, I'd say, number one celebrity wrestler in WCW history. Actually, number two next to Robocop. Robocop, what about uh, Mean Kevin Green? <laughs> I uh, know of Kevin Green. I, I watched the match and he like actually was legit really, really good wrestling-wise, like way better than I had any expectation of. But like I never really watched him in football because I didn't watch the NFL from that time, so I didn't necessarily have the same crossover appeal that you probably would. Yeah, not the affinity. No, I didn't either. I didn't really care for the NFL either. So. Right, right. 
<laughs> all right, let's close up shop, buddy. Let's close it down. Um, all right, so uh, everybody can follow me uh, on the Twitter and Instagram at Chris Things. Um, now you can also follow our show at Grown Men Pod. I highly recommend this because, uh, as we've said, we sometimes don't know when the show is going to come out. So the best resource for you to know when the when a new show is out is to check out the Instagram page because we actually post a link to it on there. Amazing, brilliant. Um, also, you can follow me at James Vanderbeek, J A I M S Vanderbeek, on both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can also, if you want to hear more of me, you can listen to The Steel Cage. Uh, me and Derek just recorded a show today, so it might be dropping soon. It was a lot of fun. And then I'm also whew, on another podcast called The Jabroni Journal. I like that. Good name. Good uh, name. So we just talked about what's going on in mainstream wrestling on that one. So if you want to listen to that one, it's on KISW.com. Just check out the podcast link. Very good, very good. And uh, last time, and maybe several shows now, I've forgotten a very important thing. Social suplex? <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh, shit. Did I remind you or did you find out later? No, I just reminded myself. I was like, fuck, I knew there was something I was meant to be doing. <laughs> Everyone should definitely uh, check out all of the good stuff on the Social Suplex Wrestling Podcast Network. It's a variety of good shows on there, more so than I have in my notes right here. But some of the top ones uh, that uh, you may know of are One Nation Radio, Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, the All Elite Wrestling Show, and of course, Keeping It Strong Style. Uh, all of that over at socialsuplex.com. Uh, check them out on Twitter. Uh, a lot of good stuff. So uh, a big uh, double barrel thumbs up to our good friends over at Social Suplex. Uh, keep Thanks, the guys. good work. Keep up the good work, yeah. Um, I actually talked to them about uh, their probably plan another Mania get-together shindig, so mm. I'm not sure if you're planning on coming over, but I think I'm going to try to join them for that thing. That sounds nice. Yeah, I don't know whether I'll be able to make it. It's still a bit uh, iffy. I've really toed and froed on it, but, um, yeah, the, uh, the, the money uh, from following my last Japanese trip is um, – it feels like it would be a bit of a dumb – financial decision to go yeah, straight yeah. over Don't the cripple yourself financially for professional wrestling. The dumbness is not that strong. Especially if I would... And if I had to pick one out of two, uh, I, I think I'd pick Bowler over Mania Weekend. How about you? Smart. Smart. I probably will end up doing both, but if I was going to choose, it definitely would have been Bola, but unfortunately I've already, you know, I've laid down some money. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not suggesting you do choose. I'm just saying if it was one or the other for oh, yeah, you, yeah, definitely which Bola. one? If I... If I had to choose, it would certainly be Bola. A lot more fun. Yeah, yeah, for real. Hey, as a last question, I was wondering yeah. this when you were, when you were talking about the other shows. Do you yeah. have a thing where you try not to talk about the same shit over and over again and you'll somehow try to separate the content that you talk about on each show or does it all end up kind of the same stuff anyway? Uh, the There was a couple of lines or bits where I felt the – Commentary was strong, so I did repeat them over the two shows, but not significantly because they don't cover the same stuff, luckily enough. Right. So it shouldn't have that much crossover. Okay, okay. And also, if you don't end up coming to Mania, I guess I'll just have to pack up your two shirts that I have for you and send them your way. Oh, oh. Or just hold on to them for the rest of until the year Bola. until Bolt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Might be just pack them in my back and bring them with me. Oh man. All right, man. Well, you have a great night. I hope things shake up a little bit better down there. I definitely uh, let me know if there's any link I can because I have a bit of a following. I'll try to get some, you know, eyeballs on it. I'm sure everybody else already knows, but give me the good, the good, good. I don't want to send any money to any ill-appropriated places. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of good things going on. Um, some of the different ones that I've seen being shared are, are, are good, reputable uh, causes, but I'll, um, I'll, I'll share that uh, that wires one to you because I think that's one of the, the best when it comes to the wildlife rescue, which is very important to me. Cool, cool. All right, buddy. Cool. All right, well, thanks, thanks guys. Get swifty. Bye. All right. Mm-hmm. It was a fun show, man. Yeah, thanks, man. I had fun talking the wrestling with you. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.